When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Performance Anxiety Side Projects. This episode, I was fortunate enough to be handed an idea from Jason Thompson of Vast Robot Armies. I'm joined by Jason, Jordan Tedarazzi of Blinker the Star, Alan Epley of The Life and Times, and Kelly Scott from Failure. We have a roundtable discussion on the best and worst drummers in 80s hard rock and heavy metal. You may notice a few technical issues during this episode. I did. But the discussion was so much fun that I had to release it. Follow all of us on social media and enjoy Performance Anxiety Side Projects, the Drummer's Roundtable. All right, so tonight on this special edition of the Performance Anxiety Podcast, we're joined by Jordan Zetter-Rosny of Blinker the Star, Alan Epley of The Life and Times, Jason Thompson of Vast Robot Armies, and Kelly Scott from Failure. Thank you guys so much. I hope we can do this more than once as long as this doesn't go to shit real fast. Okay. All right. So I'm going to kind of the whole idea of this show, as I was just explaining to you guys, is we're going to discuss 80s metal drummers, the three best and the two worst in each, everybody's opinion. And Kelly, you got your hand up. Yes. Well, what exactly are we calling metal? Like, where's the cutoff? Exactly. Because I heard that there was this is a good question. Hard rock was in there. It changes my list. It, hard rock is in there. Yes. There's a broad brush we can paint with here, but, you know, uh, and I say this because I'm defending my own picks now, I realize. I realize that I kind of strayed outside of metal for sure because I was just like, all right, well, he's just a cool drummer. Um, so, you know, hard rock. We'll just keep it kind of wide. Okay. Save my own ass. Okay. All right, so... And the only thing, since we have so many people on the line, if as we uh, go on, if we inter- end up interrupting each other, and we just lost some... Oh, Jason, where the hell did Jason go? I'm here. Oh, there you go. You just became an avatar there for a second. He just figured out that he's got a bunch of rock drummers. <laughs> he's out of here. The, I'm not going on my phone and doing new research at all. All right. The only thing with so many people on the line is that uh, it's real easy for the audio to drop out if we interrupt each other a lot. So that's the only issue that oh, I, I usually have. Okay. So, all right. So let's start with the best, the best drummers. And I'm just kind of going to go how I see you guys on my screen. And uh, since this was Jason's idea, let's start with you. Okay. All right. So, 
I started with this thinking metal and then I just kind of branched out into drummers that I really dug from that era who played what I would consider hard rock, but it might kind of get out there a bit more. So I'm totally going to get yelled at for this. Will Calhoun from Living Color. Okay. Rad drummer. That is not a heavy metal band. It has harder edge to it. So I might've kind of blown this whole thing right off. (laughs) (laughs) Bending your own. I'm getting a head shake on there. They weren't a real band. They were a project. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. I think, um, I think we have to get that back in I would consider him a funk or R&D way before rock. All right, Kelly, I think you're going to have to get a little closer to your just, mic. Just in the, I mean, let's define a rock drummer. Your hands have to move above this position. <laughs> like anywhere here or above <laughs> makes you rock. These visuals are awesome for a podcast, by the way. Yeah, they're important. <laughs> uh, all right, Will all right. Calhoun. So he's, that's the bullshit one. No, I got a replacement. I can okay. replace him if I need to. I got a couple guys on the bench. All right, next one. Hard to say this one, but... He played some cool shit. Greg Bissonette. Again, Jazz Jazzbo. Nice. Jazzbo. <laughs> nice. Come on, guys. What the fuck? He had hair. He had, he had hair. They were implants. They were implants. He's also cue ball. Come on. Wow. All right. If this was fake, that would be strike two in your family. Oh okay, my well, goodness. let's just see what this ends up. All right, so then last pick, Mike Borden, Faith No More. You're still stretching the head Faith No More is. He's a great yeah. drummer. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. All right. I, I didn't know Mike Borden's name until the 90s. I don't consider him to be Therefore, he did not exist. Um, All right. Let, let's let's keep going, and you can open up a uh, web tab and research yep. while we like loop around with. All right. Talk about. All right. I'll go. Okay, I'll go back to the kids' table, and okay. I'll come back. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> All right. So next yeah. up, I'm gonna go to the next square, and Jordan, who do you have? Okay. Well. Um, I'll give you two versions of my top three. One is where uh, it's a bit looser with where I can I consider something hard rock and not metal. And then the other list is sort of a pure, you know, I don't think you'll have too many objections to these three guys. Um, okay. Maybe you'll be a little surprised. I don't know. Number one is Alex Van Halen. Yes. Great drummer. I think yeah. he's a, I think the drummers on my list are kind of what I consider stylists. And his style is playing exactly in sync with his brother. And that's a style unto itself because Edward's such an original. So I put Alex at the top of the list. Um, this is only in the first three years of the 80s he was um, active, but I'm going to say Phil Rudd. Yeah. Um, Back in Black was no Phil Rudd. Unbelievable drumming and on the follow-up as well. And I think he played on Flick of the Switch, too, which I think is a great record. Not as great as the other ones, but certainly a lot of fun. And then if we're going to keep it to sort of metal, I got to I gotta say I like Tommy Lee. So I, I'm going to put him out there. 
Hmm. Now, the, where I would scratch Tommy Lee, if the, if the category was a bit broader and in including what I consider hard, hard rock, I'm going to put Tony Thompson in there because Ooh. that record to me kind of came off as a hard rock record, even though it really is like a funk record with outrageous drum sounds and production and stuff. The um, Power Station record. Yeah, so there, there, that's sort of, you know, I, I had like uh, Tommy Lee's Slash, but um, honorary mention to Dave Lombardo. So those are my top. All right, Kelly, let's go with you, but I got you got to get closer to your mic. All right, um, I'm going to start with Vinny Appleseed. Vinny Appleseed! Nice. Yes. <laughs> I was just thinking about him today. And these, I mean, these, these aren't in, like, any kind of order, but definitely Vinny Appleseed. Um, and then I would have to say Clive Burr, for sure. I think Clive Burr was essentially a really great punk rock drummer that learned how to play. Uh, okay. And he had a wicked fast right hand. And then, uh, you know, honorable mention goes to Nico McBrain. Um, because the follow-up to uh, Clive Blaster. I had a I had a feeling Nico would would make an appearance tonight. Yeah, I, 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 he could have been more than an honorable mention, but I I went and saw him play a couple of years ago, and he's not holding up too well. Oh really? Um, yeah, he's kind of like a weird drunken uncle. Well, did you ever he listen to the uh, listen with Nico? He's been doing that for a while. Did Vinny play on rules? Uh huh. Did Vinny play on mob yes. rules? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he also did, he did all of the Dio stuff. Any any uh, anything where Dio was singing with another band. Stand up and shout like the first Holy Diver record. Yeah. That record still sounds like really yeah. meaty. I think it was Martin Bird. Uh, he even played in Rainbow for a hot second. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Cozy Powell quit for a minute, and then Vinny came in, and then I think Cozy came back. Cozy was great too, though. And yeah. He played on the. White Snake Records. The... Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I mentioned I mentioned Lars earlier being a crappy drummer. Uh, Master of Puppets and Below. The drum parts on those records are like some of the best metal parts. I agree. Ever. Like yep. he he had a style unto himself, and I don't know what drugs he's doing during that era, but he should have stayed on. I think we'd all agree. Maybe. All right, Alan. Alan Epley. Let's let's go with your picks for your top three. Well, mine are more stay in the metal vibe of what we're talking about. It doesn't go into funk where Jason was going and and all his other, he's trying to take it into other places he wasn't supposed to. And wherever Jordan was going was fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I have several here. I'm going to, I have to, since father of the the fathers of metal, you would call Led Zeppelin. And he's pretty obvious. John Bonham. He's, he's a very special musician all the way around for me. He's, he represents the best of the best and kind of gives everybody their chops. Um, but was he more seventies and eighties though? Oh, was it supposed to be eighties? Okay. So, yeah. okay. So I've already fucked it up. See, man, you and Jason. Jeez. So I, here's what I would say. Tommy Aldridge. Yes. For his work with Ozzy. Yes. And Black Oak. Vinnie Paul. Great metal drummer, but you got to love Pantera. 
because it yep. works very well with that. That's that's my thing. I love Pantera. And then just for the uh, Still the Night record, Ainsley Dunbar, fucking great. Oh, uh, oh yeah. He also Ainsley. played on the first Ozzy record. Uh, Ainsley did? Yeah. They did the demos for free for Ozzy. Same I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. But he was, I know he got caught with uh, China Kantner. I'm trying to get into her pants, I think, on the uh, Starship tour. For uh, real. Who wasn't? Well, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Grace and <laughs> Yeah. They were Maybe. So... They, that was, you know, weird, but, yeah, weird family. Apparently, some uh, going down where Ainsley got kind of blacklisted from that. But So he was with Starship and all that for a long time. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Spiker opening up. Oh, yeah? Man. I got pissed on by a Florida Black Panther while waiting at the mall across the street for the show to open up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jason, do you want a second go at this, or do you want to stick with what you had? I guess stick with what I had, because anything I would have picked is not going to get within that list, or at least it would have been picked off already. The <laughs> only one that I was thinking, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll throw a couple out. Why not? All right. I'm just going to go further down that rabbit hole. Yeah. All right. So obviously everyone's kind of nailed off like some pretty stellar drummers. So I'm going to kind of go in a tier that slots below that, but have had an impact and are very much in the metal spectrum. So Kelly, did you say Vinny piece? Or did you yeah. say Karma? Yeah. You said Vinny. Vinny. So the, D, the D.O. drummer. Yeah. I've always liked Vinny way more than Karma. Well, I got to put his older brother in there just because of all the shit that he was doing in the 80s anyways, but he's still a good drummer, considering he started in, like, 1968. Yes. So Carmine a piece in there. All right. I'll accept but that. He did the Blue Mur- Murder album, and he did a bunch of other, like, really shitty 80s stuff. I love that Blue Murder album. Uh, I liked elements of it. I, I was, I, honest to God, I listened to it two days ago. Blue Murder is John Sykes, isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. Like you John Sykes' say. guitars. And Tony yeah. Franklin. Oh. Tony yeah, Franklin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He made the firm sound weird, or he made Jimmy sound weird. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <wow. laughs> I, dude, I loved him with Roy Harper. This is becoming a bass show now. With Roy Harper, yeah. The Firm, Blue Murder, everything. I, I love Rob that guy. Rod. Yes. I think he played with Rod Bod on his solo stuff. Oh man! You heard about Rod Stewart too, right? I mean, the, the whole legend of <laughs> apparently had they pumped his stomach and found two gallons of sperm in his stomach. Can you imagine how, can you imagine how much sperm that is? God, I remember this. I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. about as much as Kelly oh, just lost <laughs> while we were waiting for him on the show. That's yeah. It's going to take up half my coffee table in volume. Like, <laughs> you know how long it would take to get two gallons of fucking sperm? From- <laughs> you could step back to the store in the 80s. It's like, a lot of work, man. That, that is. That dedication. <laughs> Big night. That yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm going to throw out a couple guys, and you guys tell me what you think, because not being a trained musician and not knowing anything about, but just listening. I actually liked the Mike Borden pick. Um, I also, I guess maybe because I love the album that I remember him from is Gar Samuelson. And how can you not pick Mick Shrimpton? (laughs) 
Mick Shrimpton had to learn the entire back catalog of everything Spinal Tap had to do from the early 60s up until that movie came out in like 80, 81. So I'm, I'm, I'm including Mick Shrimpton. Right. Yeah, right. A lot of material. So those, it, it takes a special drummer to be able to do that kind of range. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Kelly doesn't look convinced. All right. So let's let's move on to the worst. Kelly, but I actually don't even know who that guy is. Mick Shrimpton is a drummer from Spinal Tap. He one of the eight drummers dies. He, uh, yeah, he tripped on his drums and died. But he was act- actually the guy who played him was actually a real drummer who's, from what I understand, fairly decent. But I don't remember his real name. All right, so let's move on to worst. I have no idea what Kelly said. I can't hear him. All right, so we're we're moving on to worst, and Jason just Jason. Yeah. Let's go My on. computer's going to fucking die. And I realized I have no plug here for it, which is awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to throw my shitty drummer before I, like, drop off in this whole thing that I kind of plotted out. Um, so I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but I kind of went for an overrated perspective. And I got to say, like, Eric Carr was pretty fucking overrated as far as drummers go. Yeah. You know, he's yes. dead, and that does suck, and I get that, but he didn't, he, he couldn't follow any tempos. He watched any live shit, yeah. and he's tagging on like 5 to 10 BPM every fucking song, man. Yeah. Being yeah, dead's no excuse. Eric's sick is much better. Eric <laughs> was kind of the same thing. I think the requirement for that band was to just look good in your wig. Yes, yeah, but- it's true. Can you play in boots? Yeah. Big boots and hair. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right, so that's one. You have a second garbage drummer. Oh. Uh, yeah. These were your requirements, don't forget. Three good, two bad. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, well, I had Lars in there for sure, as anyone kind of would at that point. I'm just low-hanging fruit, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting his name, and I know the band. The guy, the drummer from Slaughter, who had like all the drums with all of the. Boss Elias? He's a great guy. Yes. Drummer. He plays in the Blue Man in Vegas. Is he? He's a oh, badass. All right. But he's a huge fan back then. So he, you know, there was the the drum that said Space for Rent behind him. So he's always had room. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Jason. You're bombing at your own show here. Yeah. All right. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I say we, we take, we can't, we got to take Lars off the table because if we're talking 1980s, he doesn't start really sucking for another few years. Is I, I don't think. I think okay. he's, you know. Let me tell you who really sucks. <laughs> I can't wait. I found it really, really hard to think because like, this is an era of like, you know, when the when the producers kind of took over the the the, the records, and um, if the drummer couldn't cut it, they bring in someone who could. So you don't hear like you hear bad drum sounds that perhaps are like alienating um, to our modern ears. But if you go back to most of those metal albums, everything's at least competent, mostly. And I was gonna pick on Ricky Rocket, but you know what? The fucking guy played exactly the parts that should have been played on those songs on the Poison record. 
But here's who truly sucks is Abaddon from Venom. Oh, interesting. In the band. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. It's fun to listen to. Because it is kind of fun to listen to, the, to Venom once in a while. Like, it puts a smile on the face. But, um, I, I mean, he's not even close to, like, he he doesn't care. It's like, it's the thrill of, like, going, like, this I'm is in a band. Um, this is our reaction to metal. And <laughs> we, we're just, we just don't care how how close it is to acceptable. And so I, I, I thought that was a pretty safe pick anyway. All right. Was that one pick or that two? Well, I, I couldn't think of anyone else. I, I thought of like how Ricky Rocket used to bother me until, yeah, you know, until, like just the look of them playing those parts and stuff. But then, you know, if I hear talk dirty, dirty to me on the radio, I definitely turn it up, which I never do. But yeah. Paranation on Sirius once in a while, and it's fun. So yeah. I, I don't want to pick on him. Okay, so we got <laughs> we got at least one out of Jordan. Right, Kelly, who are your two? Uh, uh, well, I'm I'm gonna stick with Lars. I'm good with that. He sucked in the '80s, though. Yeah, I mean, he just sucks. I'm going to blame any good recording from that guy on whoever engineered him. You know what I saw, Kelly, today was um, uh, Dave Lombardo sat in for bars once with Metallica, uh-huh. and it's the craziest sounding thing because it doesn't sound like Metallica anymore. I heard about it's, that. I haven't heard it, and, but... And, I- Lombardo is dead on. You can watch it. They play two songs, two old songs, and um, just 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 YouTube it later, and you'll see. Like James is the one who's slightly out. Now he seems like so whip tight when he plays with Lars because he kind of compensates for what Lars does, and he yeah. knows when he's going to kind of hit later early. And uh, with Dave Lombardo, they're playing these old Metallica songs, and Dave's just like like right on, and he's just so on like right where you should be and you can see like the bass player and kirk going like oh this is cool yes. like, <laughs> like what the fuck's going on here you know uh, who else uh, uh steven adler ah okay uh, he he i i will give one caveat he's a terrible drummer but when he played with Guns N' Roses, something happened that was yeah. the most badass band in the world. And I never fully realized that until, you know, after he was out of the band, I'd seen them several times. And then we went back and saw them, I think it was like last year when they played Godwin Stadium. And uh, he, or, yeah, a couple years ago, he came up and played like four songs. And the drummer they have now, Definitely plays circles around him. But the moment Adler sat in with the band, they became that whole machine that, you know, just happening totally crazy. Okay. I, I a big part of that record, like, he kind of had this, like, it sounded like he was trying to play like the guy from Aerosmith. Yeah. A little sloppier, but yeah. it kind of worked with Izzy's sloppiness, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
No, they, yeah. they lasted like a weird magic little brew that only lasted for three years, you know? It was, it was total magic. Like, all yeah. of them were so out in the perfect way with one another that it created something that you never... Like, the, just think of, picture the beat of the main introductory riff of Rocket Queen, you know, that don't, 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 just... That's the kind of thing that kind of is working so well. I don't know. Um, my, other guy, uh, my other guy, Greg Corey from Cinderella. Going back to, in the 80s, drummers that were being replaced, he was replaced by the first three integral records. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, That blues. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, that's where I actually got the first idea to become a professional drummer. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can beat that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy's getting money. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so that's kind of like two and a half, I guess. You that got, was great. Four. You got great. more? <laughs> four. I, I picked up two for uh, anybody else all right, well, let's get Alan's and we'll circle back to you. All right, so Alan, who do, who have you picked as your garbage drummers of the 80s? Well, Jordan hit it on the head with Ricky, but I, because um, he was like notoriously terrible to, to track with, and I, I think the sessions took for fucking ever. <laughs> but I saw him last year with Cheap Trick and Poison, and Cheap Trick was opening for Poison at, out of Tinley Park in Chicago or something. That I sounds know. backwards. I, it was Something don't sound right. However, I you know how Poison has like three or four hits? Yep. No, they have like fifteen. Yeah. And go I mean wow. there and there was eighteen thousand fucking people there too. I mean it was show and he's learned how to play. So Ricky was at the top of my list. The other one is um Dave Holland. He's dog shit from Judas Priest. Oh, okay. Oh. It's, it's well known that Simon Phillips, in fact, recorded on many of those records um, right. for him. They were like, play dumb, but good. And so, <laughs> that's not to say I, that, I mean, Dave Holland has a certain kind of Phil Rudd vibe to him, which I get. And he's got a good pocket, I guess. I've never seen him live. So I, those are my two. Yeah. So that's what I'm guessing. And now he's going to be 69 or something, right? Or he's got to be old. I mean, is Dave Holland still alive? Yeah. I don't know. Is Jason's it? looking stuff up. You can look that up for us. And then the other thing I was going to say is, what's his name from, uh, uh, oh, Mike Portnoy. He's a great drummer, quote, unquote. But there's there's too many too many wrestling shoes and gloves and all this and too many double kicks going on and he just it's too much. <laughs> I accidentally saw him play about eight months ago. Yeah, and he's great. He's clearly great. I'm just like it's like technical. Like, and yeah, it, it was like it was not my crowd at all. And it was like I, an artist that whose name I've forgotten. And, you know, he's something in the dream world, the dream theater spinoff world. Uh huh. And Portnoy, the way they had the kid sort of angled, it was sort of like this guy's important. And I was like, oh yeah, I've heard his name. And I was friends with the sound guy. That's why I went to the show. But the the reverence of the audi- of this audience. They were like, oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> this is – you don't understand. It's this. My what you're seeing. And the way he sort of presented himself. Okay. I tend to agree with that. 
Oh, all right. So, well, that brings up a question for me. Since we're talking about the 80s and, and guys with these enormous kits, a lot of programming and all what was going on in these. Does, does that taint any of any of the answers here where it was um, a lot of programming happening? Said taint and you said big kits, which is another name for a little bit. so does does that influence you guys anyway like like, uh let's say like neil peart you know enormous amazing talented drummer but a lot of uh you know a lot of pre-programmed stuff in in his shows lots an enormous Kit yeah, around him. That's just fun. Yeah, that's sort of once, I mean, yeah, he's a different monster. He's yeah, it's a different monster altogether, and that's not metal. Oh. Yeah, right. Okay. Category, really. Yeah. Not just look at me, look at me, look at me for the sake of like having a bad childhood. He's actually playing an instrument. Right. So on any nonsense. Tom Sawyer might have been the last minute where Rush were considered heavy metal, you know, because they kind of were at twenty one twelve. Like, yeah, that stuff yeah. was pretty spiky, you know, yeah. for sure. They stay heavy for signals, heavy like when you listen to it. Like, yeah. Sure, but it's like he got rid of that sort of crunchy tone yeah. for the most part, and the police, the sound of the police was coming in. I, I mean, I love his drumming in the in the early '80s and, and those records. That's super cool. Permanent waves and yeah, it's a and sure. Yeah. All right, so I, I like no one it. noticed Jason's been gone for like five minutes. I know. Jason <laughs> too. Oh, it's <laughs> kidding. <laughs> we'll edit that out later. This is where it was tough for me because. It's hard for me to pick out who's a good drummer, who's a bad. You know, more, it's hard for me to pick out who's a bad drummer because I'm just listening, and if I like a song, I like a song. It's just, it's, it's. I don't know. It's, it's not easy for me to always tell who's in time, who's behind the beat, who's ahead, and so uh, obviously there's Lars. I obviously had to pick that. I was debating about this because the guy changed because he lost an arm. Rick Allen. Had to have oh. a whole new right. set. He's ex- and the I would. Def Leppard record with easy ex- and I agree. Which is kind of why I'm, I was a little afraid to bring him up because that's kind of like picking on the handicapped, and you don't want to do I that. Honestly, I put him in the good category. Okay. Oh, All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then the last is Joe Mama Besser because the dude blew up on stage. A lot of Spinal Tap. Exactly. <laughs> Those would be my worst drummers. Best and worst are Spinal Tap. Good Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's my knowledge of drums. It, it, it's. You know what I was going to throw in there was Robert Sweet. He's kind of dog shit. I saw Striper with Hurricane in Kansas City when they were, they were throwing Bibles. Yeah. Oh, that seems kind of counterintuitive to the message they're trying to get across. Well, you know, they were all, <laughs> yeah. No, actually, he was terrible. He was fucking dog shit. Really? Yeah. Um, time. I, I saw Hurricane open up for Motley Crue and that drummer was really good. Oh, is he? Yeah. Just, no, the, apparently, the guys in Hurricane are like Carlos Cavazos' brother and Rudy Sarzo's brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like. Oh, wow. Lou Graham and Doug 
Lou Graham's he in the hospital or some shit? Uh, oh yeah, he was uh, just recently. I don't have any updates on him though. Well, I need you some midnight. I will get in touch with him, his his and or his people. All right, there's two guys I wanted to throw out there because I didn't hear them on anybody's list, and I don't know if you guys consider them good or garbage. Um, one, a friend of mine, I told him what we were doing tonight, and he said throw out Andy Galleon from Death Angel because their first album came out. And he was 14 years old when they put out their first album. I remember that. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Okay. And what about Dean Castronovo? Seriously he did everything on shrapnel every shred album that came out on on like metal blade and shrapnel the solo stuff like marty friedman jason becker tony mcalpine all that stuff he might be i i've seen him on something recently but i honestly i don't remember what it was you can, he's pretty soulless but he's He's mechanical. He keeps up with the guys who you, they're actually trying to feature. Yeah, there's a whole category of those guys that are like a big chunk of the of the drummers that we're talking about, and they're sort of like we respect their technical ability, but they don't turn us on in a musical way. Okay. You know? We just put them off to the side and don't really acknowledge them in a way. Like it's kind of boring to even acknowledge. Okay. German, the German rare belt. Herman's the German, that's right. Scorps. I've heard that. I've heard he's a boozy. Yeah. Boozy Susie. <laughs> Is he the guy? Are they had the same drummer forever? Uh, yeah, they have uh, some local guy, an LA guy. I like, like, when I listen to Blackout, all that kind of stuff sounds great. That's yeah. Tom and he, he was their drummer. Yeah, he's he's a good drummer. I like his pocket. I like yeah. like those simple fills and that shit. It doesn't take much. And Blackout is the record, I think, that's pretty banging. That's the one with There's No One Like You, right? And that's, yeah. that song. Yeah. That, song okay. that song fucking rules. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Does anybody have anybody else they want to throw out for well, good that that kind of drumming that we were just talking about on Blackout, maybe like two years before or two to four years before, whoever the guy in UFO was, was kind of doing that same sort of pockety, mm-hmm. but on top kind of thing, which was really cool, which was like, it was like the drumming was like pulling itself out of like the really behind sort of slower beats and was yeah. like, you know, the new wave of heavy metal was happening, these quicker tempos and like... Mm-hmm. There was guys who could do that artfully that were kind of part of that, like, yeah, let's just make the rhythms a little snappier. It's Andy Parker. Is that who it is? Yeah. Like, from Lights Out up until, like, 78, 79, those are really cool, I thought. Uh, He played from 68 to 83. Good God. Wow. Wow. Pete Way was the bass player. Pete Way. And Phil Moog's retiring from singing after this little... One of the guys died, on, you know, on tour. Oh my god! One of these, on this like farewell tour, died in the middle of it. Well, that his timing yeah. couldn't have been better. Yeah, really. You know that that guy at least got to <laughs> farewell. <laughs> Old Sib Hashin died on a boat too. I want to say he was drumming. He was drumming, doing some Boston yeah. or, or something, or not wasn't doing Boston tunes. He was doing something else, but like yeah. dying. Had a hard time. Way to fucking go, I guess. Good God. 
I mean, if you're thinking about it before it happens and you have to choose your method of death, chances are guys like that are going to say on stage. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole nother episode. <laughs> I think I would, I'm not going to go with yeah. Kelly on that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, look, I don't want to keep you all night. This has been a blast, and we already lost Jason. So um, I want to ask you guys what you guys are up to lately. Jordan, I know you've got some stuff going on. Uh, give me some updates on bands, albums, tours, anything like that. Uh, Jordan, uh, let's start off with you. I just finished four shows playing with Blink of the Star. Um, that was really fun. That was the first time in six years I'd played, so that was great. That's awesome. Uh, and then um, uh, we put out a record a month ago. That's cool, but I've started a new one. You know, I, I leave them behind fairly cruelly and quickly <laughs> and move on to the next thing, really. Where can, it, uh, where can people find the album, man? Um, uh, Bandcamp, iTunes, wherever. Yep. Awesome. Careful with your magic. That's it. It's great, man. I love it. I've been listening Thanks. to it. I have to buy it, actually. I'm going to admit that right now. I've just been, you know, listening to it probably illegally or something. Oh, that's fine, too. Jordan and I are working on a record together right now also. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Kelly played on a record with Jason, Jason's band, Bass Robert Armies, and um, we're mixing and adding sort of final stuff right now. And uh, it was really fun to have Kelly's drums in front of me every day working on that and I still have <laughs> great and I think you freak out Kelly when you hear it man they were just on the uh, on my podcast Alan what are you working on um Life and Times is writing but um Shiner my old band just went by the studio and we put together seven songs so we're we're nearing the mixing phase with Shiner it's very strange for us we haven't been together really since like oh three oh, wow. and so it was very strange to start writing after we were doing all these like reunion shows we'd like put out a vinyl and then um do some shows and then kind of getting back to writing is very strange you know with yeah. these dudes. Yeah. but it was also very uh normal and natural it was really great um, and then i have a little two-piece i'm doing with this drummer ian prince the band he was in our band called houston and the story of the sea but it's a two-piece thing so it's bass and drums and I just kind of loop a bunch of shit and then yeah it's actually really great super repetitive and it's great I love it that sounds like something I would actually get really pretty catchy it's, and when do we get a new Life and Times record not soon enough my friend we've, but we've written we took some time off too so we've written two songs that we love after like not being able to like find a thing after the last record we like we were just like you know like about it yeah you know what i mean and so we finally found it and it's and we've written two songs that we fucking love and so but they're like nine minutes long each of them are both so we're gonna have to awesome. cut them down a little bit awesome well, that last record uh hit me really hard i thought it was fantastic thank you appreciate yeah. it means a lot and i'm a new fan of life and times jason turned me on to you guys and i've just been absorbing everything i can it's fantastic i absolutely love it and i need to get you on on this show to talk about life and times and what you guys are up to if uh sure. if you're interested in doing that we'll, we'll hook that up after this show we'll get in touch and uh we'll work that out i like it awesome kelly what are you working on besides drums for fast robot armies um, I'm honestly, I, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I'm about to 
out to a couple new failure songs that uh, I'm going to start getting it together and going out and working up some drum parts for. Maybe we could do another one of these and, and, and change it from best and worst drummers to maybe overrated and underrated bands of the 90s for the next one. If you guys are interested in doing another one, let's let's get it hooked up and we'll, we'll figure out another topic because I had a blast. That's wild and sort of like, yeah, that would be like an intense discussion because I think it would be a little easier. to. You'd have to almost have like a little bigger. The list would have to be a bit bigger. Because we can really think of a bunch off the top of the head right now. We don't have yeah. to keep, yeah, we don't have to narrow it down to three and two. We can, yeah. uh, we can do top ten. Really interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, that, yeah. Well, let's, let's. I, my blood is boiling already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcy's playground can die. All those motherfuckers are dead to me. <laughs> Sex and candy. So upsetting for me. I, I just yeah. think. That's me going. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving Alan the vapors. I've well, got 10 minutes on that alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get, we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll work on uh, the parameters for the next show and uh, when everybody's available, we'll get something else out going. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, it, it's great to see Jordan, Kelly, and Jason again. Alan, it was great to meet you. Absolutely. And, uh, great to meet you too, Alan. And absolutely all the way around, Kelly, Jordan, Mark, thank you. My yeah. pleasure, my pleasure. All right, gentlemen, have a good evening. I'm going to finish my beer and then I'm hitting the sack. Cheers. Good night, guys. Good night, Cheers. guys. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.